Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. we talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Thanks. Um, yeah, hey guys, it's uh, Andy here, Dave from Evertrack HQ, with another uh, Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, so a little bit, little bit different today. We've We've kind of talked a lot about numerous different subjects and we were like right you know this week um you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about hydration about water yeah um yeah hey miko hey rob great to see you on guys um yeah if you have joined us um i know people sort of drop in do say hello do give us a little thumbs up also as well any questions i know we're we'll st- start off talking about water as we always do yeah a particular subject and then we'll move on to something else but uh yeah just comment me your questions um our social yeti lauren is looking after the um the question so we'll just have a little look and see what's happening there but yeah right hydration dave water what are we uh yeah i mean pretty important for a number of different reasons when we go to everest or Tanzania or any sort of country where we run these trips to the one sort of key feature the thing i probably think about the most day to day is water and hydration yeah so i think it's an important topic for us to sort of launch this uh this live with i think um, there's two aspects to it that are really important that you need to get right. So one of them is to do with acclimatization. So we're going to talk a little bit about how sort of, uh, you know, staying hydrated uh, helps you acclimatize. Um, And it's not just about staying hydrated as you would at sea level. You have to compensate for the effects of altitude. You have to do, you're like a basking shark almost, you know, just like (laughs) taking in as much water as you can. Uh, But then the other side of it is if you're drinking that much water, um, you need to make sure that it's safe. Um, Because if you are taking in all that water during the trip, The chance, you know, that some of that water might not be safe to drink, um, the effects can be catastrophic, <laughs> you know, as I experienced <laughs> in the fall last October. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's what we're going to launch today's one about. And, yeah, we've got an interesting little uh, interesting little tidbit to show you as well, I think. Yeah, we've um, yeah, we decided when we were talking about water, we were like, well, we may as well. I don't know if you've seen a post we put up the other day. Um, so we've had some cool bottles made. Um basically like filtered water bottles uh, for, for our trips. Um, and we thought, well, we may as well do a little demonstration today. So um, we've got a little bit of uh, interesting sort of dirty water. And then we're going to... Um, it is grim, though. Use them in these little bottles. Yeah, Dave, you got yours? The water, I, I put it this way, it's so grim that I was like, cool, and you can take one for the team there. It is... <laughs> Fausty and I can't even it's, it's not uh yeah there's a lot of words we can describe it but look um it's great to see so many people on Ian yeah. I, mean, I always go through you know Byron you're always on here Miko Sarah Leah Paula Paula Reed who um who was lucky enough to win one of our trips to Killy um yeah great to see you on as well Bry keeping hydrated I know you're awesome at hydration mate um so, yeah I knew I knew you'd be on this one <laughs> although I think fermented water is the uh yeah probably um, think- you know more of a preferred drink yeah it's more of like a fermented vegetable drink i'd say that byron <laughs> is a uh, byron that um uh right right is a fan of yeah yeah great stuff well look um here we go with regards to right lauren's on it she is on it today so drink so much water all the time 
Very good question, actually. He brought up about, because um, it's kind of weird, it's kind of froze on our little questions here. So, Lauren, Lauren, we are relying on you. Yeah. Uh, but these questions, for some reason, they're not showing. But, yeah, uh, you've asked, uh, let's have a little look, so much water all the time. Won't we be using the toilet constantly and won't we be annoying? Dave? Yes and yes. but there's no way around it unfortunately so um yes you need to drink so when you're trekking at altitude you're going to be thinking so you know down here on sea level we talk about two liters a day two liters a day is too little so you need to be thinking three to four to five liters a day depending on how much you sweat as well me i run hot so i'm drinking at least sort of three and a half to four and a half liters a day um and the the going to the toilet problem is something that kind of goes with altitude because as your body acclimatizes, you will pee anyway. It's a natural side of acclimatization yeah. that um, your body will start to like flush out. I'm not entirely sure of the the sort of biology around it, but if you speak to the guys at the altitude center, they'll be able to tell you exactly why. All I know is that altitude, um, when you are acclimatizing, you will naturally have to pee a lot, which is why yeah. you have to replace that fluid to make sure you stay hydrated. It can also be compounded by diamox as well. If you take diamox, yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's like adding rocket fuel to the acclimatization process. So that peeing that you do happens like crazy. So um, I took diamox for the first time when I went to Killy. And um, I feel bad for Andy because I was probably getting up and out of the tent to go to the toilet once or twice a night. Um, I do remember. I do remember that well. Yeah, yeah. But I think it does kind of help. I think if you try and take your diamox, you know, at like sort of not right as you go to bed. You know, so if you sit yeah. there and you forget and then you take the pill straight away, that, that, that'll be peeing a lot. But um, no, whenever you're at altitude, yeah, you need to drink tons and tons of water. It's, it's, it's probably the number one thing next to pace um, that helps you acclimatize. Yeah, it is a biggie, isn't it? Now, we, we all, you know, if you've been following us for some time or you're, you're new to the community, you know, over the last couple of years, it's one thing we, we always like to come back to. Um, you know, we never want to forget about that about the water because it, it is the difference i mean personally i think that and pace um you know is the number one difference in why you're going to either reach either ever space camp or the summit of Killy or yeah. not you know you can get unlucky of course but um majority of the time it does come down to hydration so you get that right you know you're more or less there obviously i know you've got to walk into it yeah <laughs> but um it certainly gives you a head start so yeah Whilst, whilst drinking all this water, it, it, over the over the years, it has brought up a few scenarios, a few things that necessarily weren't great. Yeah. Um, especially in certain areas, like on the Everest Base Camp Trek, when you're staying in villages, and the water isn't necessarily clean straight off. You've got to do something to it. So you've got to have purification tablets. Or if you could be bothered doing that, um, you know, people used to just buy plastic bottles. So there's a couple of things there we kind of wanted to challenge. Early last year, we brought in the water filters in Nepal. Uh, obviously, we've introduced them to the other countries now. Um, you know, so that was a big thing for us because we, we wanted to reduce that plastic consumption. Yeah. Whilst, you know, also, you know, like water purification tablets, I've used them myself. They're fine. You know, they work really well, but you don't necessarily, uh, sorry, the, the, the taste isn't great. So we were thinking, right, we, you know, we got to change that because it does give you a bit of heartburn. It's not nice. You're thinking, I got to drink this water. It just doesn't taste great. So, yeah, that, that's why we kind of introduced the filters. And certainly when we were looking at these bottles, because um, we're going to make sure these are accessible to everyone, um, is that, I mean, there's lots of different variants of these, but water to go, you know, we met them at the Adventure Travel Show a couple of years yeah. back. Uh, we decided, right, okay, let's let's go for it. Let's get these. They're really good, you know, good quality. Uh, I think this is like a 75 centiliter, isn't it? Yeah, and it's got um, the, um, so inside, <clears throat> that's the bit that does the magic. Yeah. So basically, that'll filter out all of the nasty sort of um, bugs, viruses, bacterias, heavy metals, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so I did see someone just asked about um, what are our thoughts on um, hill water whilst trekking in the UK? Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's something that I I, I only I only sam- I, I mean, I, I'll drink it in this all the time. So yeah. whenever I go hiking, no matter where, I made the mistake last July. Uh, when I went to and climbed Ben Nevis, we did the CMD route and I ran out of water because it was a seriously hot day. Um, and I, I I had this with me, but I left it in the van. Um, so I had no choice then but to drink water. But it depends where it comes from. You see, I won't drink anything that's coming through an area where animals graze. 
Yeah. You know, so when you was high on Ben Nevis, you were above where all the animals are, and you can see these natural springs and things like that. They were safe to drink from, or the burns, as they're called in Scotland. Yeah. Um, but so in Brecon, um, you don't really have much opportunity um, to sort of get those high springs. So I won't drink yeah. anything that's been through where the animals are. Yeah. Um, and, unless I've got this. You know, this I would drink up, I, I would fill up in a puddle if I have to. It wouldn't bother would me. You? Would you, David? Not would that. You? Oh, God. Swill it, and Give it a swill. Let's see if the sediment... Uh, I, I kind of, it does smell a little bit. I don't... Um, let's have a look. I'll tell you what I'll have to use. You don't want to disturb it. Well, just in case it spills. But anyway, take our word for it, guys. This isn't um, that nice. I will give it a swill in a minute, but we'll come back to that. I know we got a lot of questions coming through now. It's it's kind of weird because normally I can see all the questions, but I can't see them, Dave. Can you? Um, well, I can't see them now. So what I'm going to do is... Uh, social Yeti Lauren is going to save the day um, by sending them through on the list. So Caroline, Williams, a, yeah, said, Caroline Williams has asked, what pill yep. was I just talking about? Um, it's a pill called Diamox. Yes. Um, and Diamox um, is used by people that go to high altitude to help their acclimatization. Um, it wasn't initially made for that. I think it's uh, epilepsy and maybe glycoma. Epilepsy, it, yeah. Um, but it's now predominantly, and in, in the majority of the time, it's uses for um, adjusting to altitude. So anyone that summits Everest and things like that, they'll almost always take it. When you go on our trips, um, so when you're trekking to EBC, going to Kilimanjaro, it's an option to take it. Um, you can get it prescribed by your GP, but they tend to be a little reticent because not all of them are sort of aware of its use for altitude. So we recommend going to um, a travel clinic where you can meet um, someone that specializes in sort of travel medicine and they'll know everything about Diamox and be able to describe it to you. And um, yeah, you take about, um, every, there's so many different rules, uh, well, ideas of how to best take it. The most widely accepted and the one that we adopt is um, if you're gonna take Diamox from the first point of your trip as like a preventative measure for altitude sickness, you'll take half a pill in the morning um, with food, half a pill with your evening meal. And then if you do start to develop um, symptoms of altitude sickness, you would up that to a full pill in the morning and a full pill uh, in the evening. I took it for the first time when I was on Kilimanjaro. So I've done EBC a few times, never taken it. And then on Kili, I just think I wasn't um, adjusting too well. So uh, I switched and took it. And yeah, the only side effects are you pee a bit more. You have really specific pins and needles, like one half of your tongue or like, your nose or like that finger or your toes but mainly it'll be this sort of area your snout if you will your fingers and your toes um you just get really bad your extremities isn't it sometimes yeah, I, say, I, I say really bad it's annoying but it's, yeah. it's way less annoying than altitude sickness so, <laughs> that's, that's a good point that's a good point yeah um yeah okay so i, I um lauren's put them on the, the old whatsapp so i've just um picking them up here so in terms of, let's have a look, Caroline, uh, where do we get the water from and do we need purification tablets? So, yeah, with the water, um, with regards to like Everest Base Camp, just to talk about that first and we can talk about the others. Um, basically, there's water sources generally because you're not far away from a river. Um, now, normally they've got some sort of tap or water source in each village. But again, it's not clean or not that great. And it's, there's a bit of a risk. So, yeah, the, with regards to water purification tablets, normally uh, your guide would fill your bottles up for you. And then you can drop the water droplets in there. Our guides used to carry the water purification tablets. We still do just as an emergency, but because we got the filters now, we you know, they don't need them. So basically uh, what would happen now in Nepal is that um, they've got this big, basically sort of bucket, if you like, that's got a pipe coming out with a filter attached. So what they'll do is they'll fill that with the, the water from the water source and then they'll take your bottle. So, you know, obviously if it's one of these, but you don't need to purify it twice, but it's not going to hurt or a normal water bottle. And then they just they fill it up for you. So you leave it there on the table. Obviously, maybe put a little sticker with your name or something like that on it, just so you don't get it mixed up. That's happened before. <laughs> but yeah, just so you know uh, who's is who, and they'll go off. They'll fill it up for you, just so it means you don't go short. Um, you know, so there's always water there. Very similar um, in Tanzania. So because you're on on Kili, um, you know, sometimes they have to carry some of the water between um, between camps, but there are water sources sort of around there. Depending on the time of year, it might be um, sort of easier accessible than most. But there's always water available. Um, yeah. It's one thing we need on all of our trips. Obviously, in, in South America, again, because you're high up there, you're not far from the river. It's the same process, really. Yeah. Um, and the same in, in Morocco. But it, with the, the remote regions, you're talking like remote, like um, when you go to the Everest region. Obviously, the further you go up, 
there's one place really that doesn't really have trusted water that's Gorak Shep so we used to sort of say that you know if you're going to buy plastic bottles anywhere although it's not ideal there's no there's no flowing water through so it's a hard risk in saying that you know if you used one of these although you know, as long as you get it right in your mind you'd be fine you know if you're scooping up the water and things but if you if you do want to buy a, a bottle or two you can yeah. if you're there it's not not ideal but um, if you need the water you need the water yeah i did in gorek shep i think um yeah. i ended up buying about four liter bottles in gorek shep okay um but um what i did <laughs> i had a three three liter water bladder poured them straight in the water bladder and then yeah. just crush the bottles flat they don't weigh anything they don't dig any space stick them in your rucksack um and then they got the carry back campaign um in namshi yeah. uh, you can pick up some other plastic things and stuff like that um I did just spot one question that came up from Alexandra Treen who said, um, okay, heard of using Viagra for altitude sickness. Um, right, I've seen it, I've, I've seen there it is some well. evidence, it's not widely used because Viagra has certain side effects that are sort of difficult to manage whilst trekking with people you've just met. So, um, it's nowhere near as effective as Diamox, so there's no real need to take Viagra. Um, it just, I think it helps like blood flow. So yeah, so we've got to be careful. So it's got yeah. some benefits. I I, yeah. I I I bought it as a joke in Namche once years ago. Um, never used it, but I was thinking, okay, if it gets if it gets difficult, um, and that's in the you know in terms of uh, blood flow, yeah. then yeah, give it a go. But uh, yeah, good good question, Alexandra. Yeah. Um, Personally, I think wherever you can buy Viagra, you can usually speak to someone about getting Diamox, and Diamox is far better. Yeah, um, yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. recommend Viagra. <laughs> I know Mick's on here as well. Mick Hamilton. Sorry, Matt, I'm just reading your question here. I know you mentioned, um, I know we're, we're very sparingly on Island Peak, aren't we? We apologies, Mick. We do need, uh, we need to, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll do an episode all on Island Peak, I think. That'll be, that'll be a good one. Um, let's, let's do one of those, Dave, because I think you're right. With regards to the peaks, they do get neglected sometimes, Mick. Um, should we do it next week, Andrew? Should we do, should we do yeah, it? Yeah, we can do one next week. Yeah, why not, Mick? It makes sense, doesn't it? Um, I hope you're well as well, Mick. Uh, I did see you down in uh, Brecon Beacons. So, yeah, glad you're, you're back out in the mountains. Um, but yeah, regarding water sources on um, or water source on Island Peak, uh, basically when you've got Shuko, which is the village at the base of Island Peak, um, that's kind of the last river. As you go high on the mountain, it gets more difficult, but it does get carried up for you. Um, so the guys do sort that out. Um, so you've got make sure you've got plenty of water there. Um, you know, so you're not going to go thirsty on there, mate. Um, you know, as you're high on the mountain, is it anything else from Island Peak there? Would you say, uh, Dave? Worst case scenario, you can melt snow. Yeah, if it so, comes to um, it, you're on the, you get yeah, stuck. Yeah, you know, worst case scenario, you can get snow um, at the high camp and melt it. Because um, they do carry stoves. Yeah, it's a difficult thing. I mean, it's not, well, it is difficult. To, like, you'd be surprised how little water you actually get from melting snow. Yeah. Um, so, um, I know it's not recommended you eat it because it lowers your core temperature a lot more than it sort of hydrates you. But yeah, worst case scenario, we can melt snow because we'll have stoves and everything like that. But all the water for Island Peak, because you're not actually on the mountain for that for too long. So you'll have like, obviously the guides yourself, all of you guys will have the, the water that's sort of brought with you, essentially. That way, um, you know, you're safe as houses. Um, yeah. Chris was asking an interesting question because it just reminded me of something. Do we treat the water for that um, uh, Giardia and Cryptosporidium? That, okay. G, that wow. G, I don't know if I'm spelling that right, um, Giardi or whatever, but I think that's a parasite, and I think that's the one that I had in um, Kathmandu. Yeah. They, um, if, if that's a parasite, I, it, it's got to be the one I, I caught in Kathmandu <laughs> last October, and, um, yeah, it was a nightmare. But, um, yes, yes, it is. So when I caught it, I actually got it from eating um, food and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it was in, like, some salads and things. You know, I, I did the typical uh tourist thing where you know I, I i just got a bit complacent and i just ate some food and didn't worry about it and yeah got caught out yeah um, yeah luckily enough you can get um i think the brand name is flagell or something like that you can get for that um and i picked it up in Kathmandu. so um but yes the water filters that we use the soya water filters yeah they filter out all of that so viruses bacterias um lots of other different nasty things protozoas and all stuff like that all of that is um is filtered out so essentially the idea is that you make that water that is horrible and infected you pass it through the filter and it's treated to the same degree 
as the water you get at the tap in the UK, or or at least yeah. it's as safe to drink as the tap you get in the UK. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's as good as you can get out there. Um, it's probably better than the plastic water, to be honest. Um, yeah. That's that's on there. So yeah, it's um, although it's one of those sort of things you got to weigh up. But the you know the soya water filters, um, you know, we use them ourselves. I'd use them again. They're brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, so they'll they'll do the job for you when you're up there. Yeah. Um, Mark Van Rosum has said about what about a Yeah, exactly the same uh, process. So or, or in Nepal, um, on any trip, it, all the guides, um, you know, come from like a, a central team. Um, and they've, you know, where well, they've all been trained about, you know, the process we like to use with the um, the water filters. Yeah. So whether that's on the Annapurna region, whether that's Kalimera Peak, uh, Island Peak, you know, go into the Everest region, wherever you're going to go. If we do open some new trips in Nepal, which they, we, we are looking forward to doing um, over the next sort of six to 12 months, then all of them will be relatively the same. If they're any different, we will definitely let you know. But, um, you know, that's that's kind of our uh, ethos anyway when it comes to Nepal. Yeah. Um, I like what Chris Clifford Hurst uh, mentioned water related. Love this. Do you go for swim in the lakes in Gokyo? Yeah, they're pretty cold, Chris. I've got to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, if you, if you fancy it, I've seen people do it. <laughs> but I, it's important to remember, you know, you when you're up there, it depends on what time of year you're going because it can be like sometimes it's frozen over, so you can't, you know, so say early March, maybe late November going through winter, it can be frozen. So yeah, you you know it's not very not very good to go. You know, obviously it's, it's solid, so you can go and have a look. Um, but other times of the year, sort of May, is probably quite a nice time to go and do it. But remember, once you're cold, you, you try to keep the core temperature. You don't want to get ill up there. So we kind of, you know, because we even myself, I thought I'd love to go for a swim in the river, but I kind of deterred when someone said, "Oh, someone did that," and then they got ill two days later, and then they didn't reach Everest Base Camp. Yeah. So you're kind of risking it if you're going into cold water when all you're trying to do is look after your body, it is risky, but you know, yeah. it is up to you. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it, we always say it's, it's kind of down to you. It's, um, if you want, you know, it, it's a bit of fun. Maybe if you, if you kind of, depending on your route, you can do it on the way down. But I know with us, um, you know, we do go up, go to Valley past the lakes. Um, but if you don't get in, you know, they're amazing to look at. Um, you know, if you do go past, uh, Rob Jones has asked about squash. I think Dave, you, You've start. You've done that a few times, haven't you? Regarding the the squeegee, yeah, it's all a, squeegee it's all a, squash. Every every hike, no, every hike. Yeah. So even here in the UK, um, it got me. I think last April when I we went to EBC, and um, for some reason, like I'd never had any trouble before, but just this one time in April, I yeah. I, I was struggling to drink the water, um, and then so I someone gave me some squash and I put it in there. It makes a world of difference, you know. And some people have said, well, yeah. you know, you know, it's better to drink the water, and I'm thinking. The difference is marginal, yeah. but if the difference of adding squash means that you will drink more water, then it's it's a hundred percent a benefit to do. So yes. whatever makes it easier for you to drink the water, you do. You know. Um, also, you know, remember cups of tea count. You know, so I'll I'll often have black yeah. tea when I'm out there as well. So I'll drink loads of that as well. Um, I try to argue that garlic soup counts. Um, <laughs> it probably has some degree, but but yeah, no, Robinson squash, those little squeezables. The only thing I do is I bring two two different flavors uh, because, you know, first world problems and all, I don't want to become bored of my squash when I make that. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Um, so yeah, they um, spotted um, lacking your hair, Sarah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a haircut, finally. It's about time, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I, honestly, it is it's revolutionized my the way i feel about going outdoors you know it's like I, it's like i've been wearing a big thick woolly hat for months now i feel great but no this is as short as it's been in um years i think you know, I don't know if it's been this short for a i was while. gonna say mate you're using you're losing your yeti looks we're going to think of a new name for you soon <laughs> yeah yeah um so karen yeah, yeah. bardet yes remembered karen remembered <laughs> um, what about filling camelbacks um yeah so yeah, the process that we do. So I'll if it's if you go into Everest Base Camp or Kilimanjaro, um, what will happen is that every morning um, once you've had your breakfast, the guides will usually come round um, and ask you know for your water bladders, and they'll fill those up for you using the filter, yeah, um, and then hand them back to you, and then you just connect them back in, and then you have an opportunity to fill them up again at lunch. Um, and then, you know, after that, then you arrive at your destination and you can drink teas and fill up little bottles, like you know, like this or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, filling up the camelbacks, yeah, 100%. We'll use um, the purified water for everything. On Kilimanjaro, um, we gave the – so when we went, we took 
these little plastic bags, which the Sawyer filter attaches to. So what will happen is the guys will bring in a big um, container with a little tap of purified water. Um, usually it might be boiled and treated um, on Kilimanjaro. Um, but yeah, they do it twice, don't they? Yeah, so it's it's like boiled and treated, <clears throat> so it's safe to drink. Um, but then we also have the, the soya filters as well. So what will happen yeah. is guys will fill the little bag up uh, with water and then attach the soya filter to it, and then you just turn it up and squeeze it into your bladder. It takes time, um, to be honest with you. Like you know, it takes about a few minutes to fill a bladder, um, but you know, it's a few minutes worth spent because you'll spend far longer than that on the toilet if you don't. <laughs> Talking <laughs> about toilets, as we we kind of drift into it, Paula, uh, I think uh, Jackie, a lot of people have said worrying about maybe using the loo on the trips uh, or finding a quiet spot to maybe to go and, and and hide. I think Leah mentioned about like hiking in Australia. You can usually find somewhere. You know, dodging the snakes and everything, but yeah, in on them. I mean, just as we're in Nepal, there's always if you're passing through a village, whether you go into Mara Peak, Island Peak, go to Three Peaks, Three Passes, Gokio Valley, Everest Base Camp. There's generally a place where you can you can go to a toilet. We've never really had an issue, um, especially like the where, where the routes we walk. You're kind of passing through some villages, but if you got to go, you got to go, and there's always somewhere that you can tactically sort of find or hide behind a rock. Um, especially as you go into every space camp, there's this big giant boulder that has been labeled toilet rock over the years. Um, I wouldn't personally go behind it because a lot of people use it. But if you go, if you need to go, you need to go. Um, also, I noticed it's got a plaque on it as well. Yeah, I know. I felt so some bad. Poor, some poor guy that passed away on Everest. So, yeah, I don't, I don't use it. But the one yeah. thing I will say, it is it becomes a little bit of a, a game, you know, because you, if you see a spot that you think that's a good spot to go for a toilet, 400 people before you have <laughs> seen the same. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to be creative. You've got to find a spot that you know would be good that other people might not necessarily have thought. Stay away from caves. Any type of cave, honest yeah. to God, is, 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 is not worth it. Um, but um, <laughs> let's ask two questions. So yes, I'll kill two birds of one stone here. So Laura said, any tips how to get the horrible taste of plastic out of hydration bladders? And uh, Leah has said, do you put squash in your camelback? Yes, and it answers the first question. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what you do, don't you, Dave? You, it yeah. gets the horrible taste out, and exactly, it's, it's always you know, um. The, go on. The plastic taste has never bothered me too much, but I know it really annoys. Yeah. Like my father, for instance, can't stand it. So yeah, yeah putting some like effervescent tablets in there or the squash, um, it really just make, it makes a makes a big difference. I make the squash quite strong, um, and yeah, you don't really taste the plastic at all. Then um, I, the more I use my bladders, the less and less I'm. Maybe I don't know whether I'm getting used to it or the taste is kind of going away. Um, but yeah, use use anything to like flavor the water and that'll get rid of the taste. At least all well, yeah, it. I mean, so it doesn't it's kind it. of um, Jerome's put a couple of different questions. He's mentioned about using his own purification tablets. It tastes horrible. Worth bringing them. He's also mentioned about um, what was it about how to drink dirty water? Yeah, you may have seen I, I put a little snippet there. And, I, and what we'll do is I may as well do it now, Dave, um, because while we're talking about tasting water. So I know you want to look away. But I will. Luckily, this this filter has been triggered. I actually did a little recording earlier where I did it, and it what and it, the filter didn't really trigger. So well, that was rather tasty. Yeah, just to put out the, the what you have to do is uh, essentially fill this bottle up, put it in there, and leave the filter for twenty minutes. Not each time, just the first time. Yeah. Um, and what that does is that'll sort of. Um, saturate the filter and activate all the all the technology in there that purifies the water what we did earlier and i filmed nandy doing it we might release it <laughs> was yeah. uh, we, just, we just like got the minging water and i mean it is bad it's not I know bad. going on about it but i i smelt it and i was like no you're on your own it is and um, yeah so yeah let, go on and show me how to do it all right all right i'll, I'll give it a stir right just to make it a bit more. Go back and can you go back a bit so we can see you yeah, yeah, is that better? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, so we can just like if you're going to pour it or something, yeah. so we can see it happening. You can see it's relatively bad water. So basically, we we've had Penny in the office, and um, you know, so she has some dog food. So it was in the sink, and I thought, well, we'll use a bit of that water just to test it because the Water to Go guys at the Adventure Travel Show did this sort of test, and I thought it was brilliant. Um, you know, so yeah, a little bit of Bear Grylls. I don't think I'd drink it like that. Anyway, I poured it in. I'll try not to spill it. Let's have a little look. Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's in there now, okay? 
Uh, let's have a little look. All right, let's trust this works. Let's give a little. There we go. It's actually really nice tasting water, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. It's got a straw, so honestly, you can't taste anything. Like that, that is not very nice stuff. Are you gonna that... finish the are you gonna finish the rest of that and okay? No, I meant the other one. All the oh, goodness, right. um... goodness is in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but no, but just for demonstration purposes, that's you know, you've got really bad water like that. I mean you know, I know speaking to uh, Dave, um, who's kind of the owner of Water to Go, really top bloke. Uh, we talked about these. He uses these over in Africa, uh, or I mean, worldwide, really. Um, you know, they're fantastic. Um, they only use uh, the filters only last for 200 liters, so it might mean that you need to replace them. They do sell replacements. But regarding these bottles, we are um, obviously we'd love to give everyone these bottles, but you know, they they are. Um, we always like to put a little bit of investment there, but we are going to sell them um, to our ever trekkers. Um, especially on all of our trips. So you will be able to buy them from the equipment store we're putting in the members area very, very soon. So if you're watching one and you want to get these, but in the interim, if someone wants to buy them, what we're going to do is we're going to put a little link um, and you can just sort of say, okay, I want them. And then you can just pay by, uh, we'll send you a little payment link and then you can, we'll send one in the post to you. Um, you know, so definitely sort of share them and, and have a little look and show us you using them in the UK before your trips um, and obviously on your trips. Uh, but they will make a big difference, um, you know, especially, I mean, you, we, we got the water filters anyway. We know that's great, um, you know, but these, it's just nice to have your own. Yeah. Um, and we thought, why, why don't we get some that you guys could, could buy and you can use, um, you know, especially if you go in on like training in the UK. Um, I know there's some questions there about people if you're hill walking. Um, you know, these are great. It means then that you, you won't have to sort of worry about carrying too much water. As long as you know as a water source, you can just fill up and, and, and off you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we hope you find them really useful, guys. Um, for uh, you know, for for all aspects when you walk in. Yeah. Um, right. So, water. We still got some more questions. Go on, Dave. Yeah. So Haley uh, yeah. Lou Brimble um, said, uh, "Your friend bought you a Nalgene. Yeah, good to have a Nalgene. I've got a Nalgene. Um, I always carry a bottle like that with me anyway, um, because you can fill fill it with stuff. And when and also when you get back into the um, the lodges and stuff like that, you can fill it up so you don't have to drink out of bladder when you're sat down. Uh, do you recall you can put hot water in them on a night and keep them warm? Yes, you can. I think it depends on the type of bottle, though. Yes. So um, Nalgene is pretty good. Yeah, Nalgene, I don't know. If it's going to be the BPA-free one that you can put hot water in. I'll try and find out exactly, but I think it's the BPA-free ones. But I yes, right. uh, a lot of people do put hot water in their water bottles, take them to bed at night, yeah. use them as a hot water bottle. And then take them out and um, you know drink them the next day and stuff like that. So yeah, you can definitely do that. All you got to do is ask your guide um, when you're in the lodge, and they'll they'll provide you with some hot water. Yeah, great stuff. Chris has asked um, about the flights to Kathmandu. I yeah. thought we may as well answer it. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, if you have booked onto a trip with us or you're due to go in the autumn, um, do check your emails. I know we've had a lot of people. We because we we sent out an update about the coming season. Um, you know, obviously, we've had a lot of people get back, and you know, we appreciate it quite uncertain at the moment so a lot of people are rescheduling um but chris yeah with regards to if you do go with regards to needing a covid test it depends on the airline you know it's um it's always changing at the moment and that's nepal and the uk i mean we like this week for example um what was it spain um you know with the situation there with people not being able to go to spain in a moment's notice um you know we'd like to think and we, we kind of fingers crossed it doesn't happen but, you know, we are sort of planning for all scenarios, um, which is why we've contacted everyone for the autumn. And I know it's it's super frustrating, um, you know, at the moment. It's it's mad because obviously it was the big, uh, last season uh, in the spring, in the Nepal now, um, you know, obviously that was impacted. And then this season is, is, is kind of, you can feel it getting impacted. So that's why a lot of people are moving their dates. And I understand, you know, the, with the uncertainty, it is a bit nuts. But with regards to, you know, this is something that you've kind of got to think. Uh, and Chris, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to provide an exact answer because it changes every day. But for instance, if you go over there and you can get over there, it doesn't necessarily mean you get back, you know, because they or they might ask you to quarantine and vice versa. They, anything can happen, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to give you like definitive answers because we're, we're like you. We're kind of almost it's kind of the wait and see almost is, is where we're at. It is. Yeah. Why we've um, you know, if you have. Um, if you if, obviously if you've had the email from us about uh, the autumn, 
that's why we are offering the rescheduling because if you you know with the uncertainty if you don't want to risk it then move it to a date where you haven't got to worry about that and you could just get out there and have an awesome trip um, where you're not worried about getting back home we are not worrying about whether you can get in because of a COVID test you know um so we, we are kind of saying right you know keep an eye on it if you like Chris. yeah exactly that kind of answers your question a little bit I think if you do want a test, you can get them privately from travel clinics like Nomad and stuff like that. So I think you can buy a test. Um, but it's, you know, almost getting the test and stuff like that, that's relatively easy to do. The difficult bit is knowing which hoops you've got to jump through and when and with yeah. who. Um, it's so convoluted and confusing at the moment with regards to the advice. I mean, even now, Spain has argued back that. The UK is worse than Spain in some places, so they should rethink. And now I think the UK will come back with them. So yeah. all of this stuff is publicized before it's even thought through um, and finalized. So it is it's difficult to manage. Um, but yeah, we're caught, I mean, you know, Everest is not going anywhere. You know, our team, yeah, you know, our team over there are ready and waiting to take people over as soon as it's safe to do so. Um, so as soon as we, as soon as we can and you can, um, you know, it's in everyone's interest to get you over there, so we'll get you over there. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, we, we yeah. get out there as well. We, you know, we we have been stuck in, in in the UK as such. Obviously, beautiful country, but we, you know, we want to get back to the mountains like you guys. Um, yeah, I, Jerome's asked as well. Sorry, I'm, I'm just swiftly moving on, but you mentioned about do we have any plans to introduce an extra night at base camp? Yeah, it's a good point actually. We've um, not on our, our current trips, um, Jerome. We've uh, because we've kind of already sort of set the itinerary and it works for us. You know, there's no need to change that if it works as such. Um, but sometimes, you know, we have had sort of private trips do that. We had a group from the US. Um, yeah. It was they specifically said to us, look, guys, uh, we'd love to stay over space camp. Could you organize it? So we did. And we, um, you know, because we, we know a lot of the expeditions are climbing Everest. So we organized and they stayed with Everest ER. Don't know if you ever heard of them. Um, so they're kind of like the first aid at Everest. They maintain everyone they look after with like a bunch of doctors, high altitude doctors, basically. Yeah. And we all got to stay with them. And, and you know, the guys had an amazing time. So, yeah, it's, it, it's not possible all year round because it's only really possible in April and May whilst people are climbing. Um, because otherwise, you know, Everest Base Camp is just a glacier. But, yeah, we can certainly do it on like a private basis, um, you know, with regards to, to that. The difficulty about doing it in big numbers is that it's, you know, it's there for the climbers, really. Um, yeah. You know, as a base camp. So it's not a huge amount of capacity. Um, but we can always do it on a private basis, but obviously that's you know kind of separate to our normal thing. So yeah, it's something anyone wants to do. Um, you know, obviously it does cost a little bit more, and it would have to be separate to the other groups that we do. But we, you know, we we can always do something yeah. when it comes it, to things. It like does that. also um, it impacts Kalapatar as well, which is the only thing. Yeah. So the best view of Everest that you get on the entire trip is from Kalapatar. <laughs> now, normally, what would happen is you would go to base camp, spend some time come back to Gorekshep, spend the night, wake up yeah. super early, go up Kalapatar, get the view, come down and go down um, to Feriche. Yeah. Because you're coming from base camp, you have to get up early at base camp, trek back to Gorekshep, which is about, you know, three-hour trip. Um, then you may have to go up Kalapatar and come back down. Yeah. And then you may have to carry on. So it, it's a monster day. It's a big one. It's a big day. Um, Even the guys said, didn't they? They were like, wow, that was yeah. a big day. Yeah. I mean, the Americans that we took there were super fit. So it was doable for those guys and not um, all of them did it. So I think one or two of them decided not to and the rest of them went up. But those guys were like super fit. Um, but as well as that, they acclimatized well and they did everything well. So it's one of those things where I think we always tell people we can absolutely accommodate you there on a private basis. Be yeah. prepared, though, to sort of uh, not go to Kalapatar um, if it's going to exhaust you. Um, but also, you know, we tell people, you know, if, if, if you get to base camp and the conditions are terrible, you can always come back, <laughs> you know, to Gorek. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this, Amanda's okay. message. And I think I, I think I emailed Amanda, but I'm not sure. I know I've had. Uh, yeah, I think I emailed you, Amanda. But um, if, if this is you uh, asking about uh, do we cater for vegans and vegetarians? Yes, we do. Um, so we tell. Uh, yeah, to adopt. Um, well, on Kilimanjaro, you can eat meat, but that's because we bring all we bring it all yeah. ourselves. So we know it's safe. We know we can cook it properly, and and we don't use anything that's not safe or fresh. But particularly in the Everest region of Nepal, then we are we you know a vegetarian diet at least uh, yeah. all the way, um, and we could definitely do vegan. Like dalbat is basically vegan. You know, it's just like curried veg. 
um, and rice and stuff like that. The only thing we do say is if you are vegan, um, just to let the guide know so they can make sure there's no cross-contamination or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and they'll have a word with the kitchen then and just prepare you something separately. If you're not too worried about cross-contamination and you just don't want to eat anything that's non-vegan, then no problem at all. You know, we can we can 100% do that for you. Yeah, um, Sinead as well, who um, I'm not sure because I can't see the, the comments if, if Sinead, if you're on here, but um, last couple of lives, she does some really good posts in the High Altitude Evertrackers group. If you do, um, Amanda, I'm, I'm not sure if you're a member of that, but if you are part of the group, get in there. Um, she's put um, really good content um, and she's sort of said to us that we can put on the website about how to um, you know, manage yourself, whether you're gluten intolerant, um, also how to, you know, uh, with regards to, you know, vegetarian food on the trip. And that's specifically Everest Base Camp, um, it, sort of in Nepal, uh, but it gives you an idea. Um, and as they've said, as long as we know and we brief the guides, you know, we can we can sort of uh, cater yeah. for anything, really. We've had people with a lot of intolerances. Um, you know, we don't like to say no or have a trek. We, um, we just, how can we sort of sort it out for you? And we can. Um, yeah. you know, we've got a good team, a great team over there. Yeah. Um, Rob, uh, I know Rob's asked as well, how late can we leave it for changing the trip? Myself's off the back of what we're talking about, Christie's message there. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's always difficult because we're, it's mainly to do with the flights because we're not involved with that because we, we operate the land only sort of operation. Um, it's it's really what it's like with your flights because like for instance you know we I mean the the situation may be taken out of our hands and we'll just communicate that and say look you know this is the situation won't be able to run any trips um, you know we want to do that as soon as we can but it's likely going to be sort of August time potentially um, you know so in, in terms of how late can you leave it it's it's what's good for you and your flights you know um, in terms of like for instance if you go in uh, Rob I, off the top of my head I can't remember exactly what your date was but um, you know, say you were leaving sort of beginning of October, you know, it's always e it's always easier sort of to plan ahead and say, okay, give us a month's notice, um, you know. But again, I mean, I'm sorry to be so sort of uh, I'll try to think of the word now, but give you exact information. But it is very much up in the air right now. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, it's, it's mad because a lot of positive news coming out from the pool, um, a lot of positive news in terms of you know the airports opening. Um, you know, I know we put a lot of information in the email for the people. But in terms of the opening the airport, uh, but just because Nepal is open doesn't mean it's safe to go over there. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, that the Kumbu is going to be OK. Uh, social distance is going to be an issue. The hotel situation is a lot more factors than if you're allowed over there. Yeah. Now, we're always we always come from the positive angle, you know, from us. And we'd love to get you out there. But it's, um, it's how you feel about it um, yeah. as well, because it's you know, it's obviously it's like your, your choice whether to fly or not is is on, is, is kind of OK. That is on you. You know, it's like all of us like. Um, you know, if you're going to fly, it is a little risk. You know, you can't get away from that right at the moment. But, um, you know, it is adventure travel at the end of the day and, and an element of danger is part of it. But obviously, this is a little bit more than we're used to. Um, but for us, it's just making sure that you're safe from our end. We, do, we, we, we try to make sure that if you do come out on a trip with us, that we've got that covered. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll update you as soon as we can. And like I said, anyone that's on here, I know if you're coming on in, in the autumn, we have obviously um, sent you off some some communication. So yeah. get back in touch with us if you haven't yet, because um, we, we'd like to know where everyone's at, uh, what, what you're thinking, whether you just don't want the uncertainty and you want to move it. Awesome. We'll do it. If you want to wait and see. Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully see what happens. OK. Yeah. Um, so Leah has asked a question as well. Lauren's just popped it up for me. Oh, um, yes. It's about the camelbacks again. So. Yeah. Do you have to wash them out on a multi-day hike? And if so, how can you do it? And yeah. can you buy a water bottle for um, Australia? And can you put squash in that or does it filter it out? So first one, with regards to when you're actually on the trip, you don't need to wash your water bladder out. The very fact that you're filling it up, emptying it when you drink it, filling it up again, means that it's, it's, it's always going to stay fresh. The reason you clean it out is because you don't want water left in the bladder to go off and go yeah. stagnant you know so if it's being used every day that's fine generally what i'll do so if i'm going out hiking at home and it's like you know it might be a week between hikes then i'll just as soon as i get home and i'm sorting my kit out i'll just rinse it dry it and that's it yeah. um, when i'm on the trip i won't wash it at all until i come back and then again rinse it dry it and that's it um you can get these ones these like really long pipe cleaners that you stick up the tube um yeah. you don't want little mold forming in the tube um, You've but, done that once, haven't you? 
I, I, well, I remember you went. I think you left it in there for a while and took a sip. This was terrible. So I'd left it in there for about four months, but I forgot and I didn't. I only know remembered at the airport when we were waiting to check in. <laughs> and for some reason, and you know when you do something and you 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 don't realize how stupid you're being until afterwards. Well, I pulled the tube, put it in my mouth. And to find out if there was water left in the bladder, I thought it'd be a good idea to try and drink some. And I actually felt like lumps of stuff in my mouth. And I was oh. like, so I said at the beginning of the trip, right, if I get sick, we know where it happened now. <laughs> you know, it happened at Heathrow. You got lucky. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you buy a water bottle for Australia? Yeah, I'm sure we can figure that out. We might just have to um, figure out how much it'll cost a cent to Australia. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, anyone that wants one, we'll, um, we'll yeah. definitely, um, you know, we'll make it. Them. if you comment, we'll, we'll get back in touch with you and say, okay. Um, and we'll we'll just send you one. Yeah, they're really good. Um, and, obviously, um, we'd, like, we'd like to sort of give everyone these, but obviously they're they're, they're not cheap. Another, another <laughs> well, thing just can we put squash in it? Um, I think I, so. I think squash would be okay. I tell you what, you can't put in it is anything that you want to get the benefit of. So, um, like I one time when had a little bit of diarrhea one time, and I put a sachet in here. Of um, what they call the electrolyte sachets, it, it wrecks the filter. So what will happen is the filter will try and filter out all of that stuff in the sachet, and it'll just clog it. If you put a Barocca in here, um, you'll get lovely, clean, orange-tasting water, but none of the vitamins and everything will just be filtered out. So if you want to have anything that's like flavored, um, you know, just use safe water provided through the yeah. soya filters. If you're putting it in this, I just drink water out of that, to be honest with you, just because it's easier. You know it's safe. You know it's not going to wreck the filter. And, um, yeah, someone else asked how big they are as well. 750, I think. And yeah, 75 right? centiliters, which I believe is 750 mil. I yeah, believe. 750 mil, yeah. It's not, you know, um, I, I, they are looking to get bigger ones. But these are, you know, pretty decent size. I think a lot of these water filter bottles, where we've got live straw, they're similar size. don't know why that is, but because I always like to have a litre bottle, you know, so I know that I'm having one yeah. liter and it's easy to count but um you know they're best best to have um right karen has asked how often are ebc trips affected by local flights um so yeah anywhere in the average region so island peak uh, even if you go into mara peak because you've still got to fly to look um any, and obviously the average region with ebc you know three peaks three passes um with regards to local flights they're very they're very much when it comes to delays um it's very rare but when it does happen, it obviously can be super frustrating. We get some, some people like to add a day on at the end. So it's called like a buffer day. So, for instance, if you um, normally with us, you know, with the 15 days, you can kind of, uh, wait, you know, when you sort of arrive back to Kathmandu, you leave the day later. But what people can do is, is, is just book an extra day. So say you extend it to another day and it's then as a buffer day just in case there's any issues. Um, you know, so that is that's a kind of uh, an option. Yeah. Um, very rare. I mean, the worst, I'm trying to think of the worst we've had, but I think there was one time where it was delayed by a couple of days and literally because the flights are early morning, they literally landed in Kathmandu, got there because we got their bags sent from the hotel and they left. That was like an emergency. Um, I think it was actually Brooke and Doug talking a couple of years ago now. Most of the time it's easily managed. Yeah. Uh, actually 99% of the time. Yeah. So you won't have any issues, but, uh, you know, we, there's always another way. You know, yeah. we can do it. You know, we, we're, we're very lucky as well because we have an amazing relationship with one of the airlines over there that we yeah. use. Um, so we're always, so Evertrackers get a priority, basically. So we get on the very first flight site. I mean, the first, you know, within the first one or two, definitely. And normally the weather comes in sort of later on in the morning. So if you're yeah. booked on the first flight out, you've got the best opportunity to do it. Um, yeah, so Lauren's actually just put a comment on here that there's quite a lot of questions about the bottles. We're not seeing them, actually, because our, our feed is... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah, we're not seeing them. What we're going to do, um, we'll, and we'll send out some information about these bottles. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, we can do. Yeah, yeah, with... Um, so, yeah, I'm, obviously, I know we're, we're, we're talking about on the live and everyone's like, give me, give me, give me. I know where it's like. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send some more information. We'll do, like, a bit of a follow-up after this. Um, yeah. You know, I can send out a little link. And then if you're interested, then... Um, you just gotta sort of fill in some information. It's really much. It's really sort of easy, and then we'll we'll sort of send out the, the bottles to you. Um, yeah. I'll I'll send that to everyone separately. I'll also put a post in the group. Yeah. Um, so then if you are uh, if you do want one, uh, we'll get you one, guys, because they're great. You know, it'd be lovely. I want the other day if you want to get there, get these out to you. We don't want to put sort of barriers in the way. 
um you know so we've made these as cheap as we possibly can for you um sort of less than 20 pounds i think we're looking at at the moment um so for one of these which should be great and then you can use them um you know on your trips so yeah we'll we'll definitely we'll follow up with that guys um, after this uh in the future yeah um let's have a look uh, loads of uh loads of questions here Ah, okay sorry guys it's, it's kind of weird because they, normally we can see them but any other questions that you can see dave that have come through uh yes so um okay i, I think i'm being shouted at by lauren <laughs> so, so yeah just a bit we're going to send you an email down the line in the future <laughs> so you get all the information about the bottle so okay so, Lauren, are you, are you happy with that? You can let me know. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's have a look. So, da, 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 da. Um, uh, Francina, I think I spoke to you, Francina. Are you going to Machu Picchu with your daughter? If so, I remember speaking to you. I think she's been on some crazy trips. Francina, if you are the one I spoke to, are you the one that did, like, dog sledding and stuff like that in the Arctic and stuff? Because um, I wrote down quite a bit of stuff. I had a call with Francina, and I learned just as much. <laughs> you know, so it was amazing. <laughs> Um, so let's have a look. So Stephen Edwards has asked, do we rate the BG range? I'm assuming he means the Bear Grill range. Uh, Bear Grills. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. He's a clever guy, um, and he's hooked up with a lot of um, really good companies. Like I know his knives are, are Gerber knives, you know, some of the best. You yeah. Can um, yeah, and a lot, of the, a lot of his clothing and stuff like that is really good. It's quite casual. I've got a Bear Grill shirt. It's quite nice, you know. So just when you're out and about in Kathmandu, it's a nice thing to wear. But um, no, his stuff is really good because he's been really yeah. smart and he's hooked up with a lot of really good um, outdoor uh, equipment companies and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's up there with anything else you want to buy. Make sure it's what you want. It's fit yeah. for purpose. And if that's the best one you can you, you feel is right for you, then absolutely get it. Yeah, yeah, Maybe definitely. Real stuff and talk about that some more. You know, I'll get some because uh, I've got the shirt. The shirt's great. I love the shirt. He's got a lot of gear, isn't he? I had a, I, always, if you're on Facebook and you see these ads pop up, uh, and I saw I saw Bear Grylls, and I was like, okay. And then he had all of his um, his trekking gear. Um, I've got to be honest, I've never used any of it myself, um, but I've you know I've seen some decent reviews for it, so I don't think it's it's kind of bad. Um, yeah, with regards to Sarah, Sarah McDonald mentioned about um, random question. No, none of these questions are random, Sarah. It's all good. Uh, you mentioned about vaccinations. It's a good one. Um, yeah, they are a bit different. If it's from Nepal. You mentioned about how far in advance. So normally, you know, you want to you want to catch up with you know, either your GP or a travel clinic like Nomad. Um, you know, you can have a consultation with them. And normally, you want to aim sort of a couple of months, really, because some of the um, some of the injections you've got to have staged, especially if you go into an area like some like rabies, for instance, uh, where yeah. rabies is prevalent. And in Asia, there's kind of a risk anywhere you go in Asia, really. Obviously, Nepal's in Asia, so. I've I've not had rabies the injection myself, Dave. I know you have, but it is staggered, isn't it? Over is it like three separate you go? There are some. I think there's like a a speedier one that you can have done that will give you adequate protection, but you'll still need to follow it up with another one. If you yeah. have the normal range, the normal um, range of them. So I've had. Um, I think you have one, and then another one a week later or two weeks later. And then yeah. another one, like another two weeks after that. So all in all, I think you need a month um, before you go to get all three yeah. rabies vaccinations. Um, rabies is an interesting one. So if you get the vaccination, I get it because I've got everything. Because I, partially, I think I've mentioned before that if I if I walk past a dog in any country, um, he's getting paid. He's getting a yeah. 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 yeah, that is. Uh, so, uh, but I haven't said that. I am careful because, you know, I don't feed cats or anything like that. Anything that can scratch you or something like that, you know, is yeah. you want to stay away from any saliva that they get on you. So I don't, I, I do not try and feed or touch anything, but you know, I have pet dogs on the way to base camp before, give them a bit of a ruffle. And um, so, um, do you remember that one time, and I tried to, I had my water bottle and I saw this dog and he, he looked really thirsty. So I tried I to pour that, yes. water into his mouth and his tongue went straight up into my bottle. And I was like, right, well, that's, that's that bottle. Yeah, there goes your bottle. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So um, what was I talking about? Vaccinations. Vaccinations. Yeah. So um, yeah, have them about a month before you go. Um, personally, it's one of those things where we can't recommend you to get or not to get it. It's considered optional with all the medical advice. Um, so it's exactly that. It's an option for you to get if you feel more comfortable getting it and you yeah. like peace of mind. 
then get it. If you're comfortable with the risk and you think that it, it's optional for a reason and it's not high risk for you, then you don't get it and you don't get it. It's yeah. fine. Our advice is um, do whatever you feel is right, like Obi-Wan. I think I'm sure I heard that from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, is, that is a good line. Um, yeah, with regards, Paul, uh, Paul Meacher asked about bottles of training weekend. Yes. Again, if um, if you if you received an email over the last sort of couple of days around the training weekends, um, unfortunately they had to be sort of deferred all till next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the training weekend, certainly. You know, if you're coming on a training weekend with us, I know that we've got the the next one now. We're looking at running is in January. Um, then yeah, you can grab one off us then. No worries. So, uh, uh, Julie Chadwick has said, "Is there an upper age limit for your trips?" Uh, no, not really. Oh, not right. at all. In fact, so. With regards to some of the books on, so I went to base camp in October with a guy, um, Dave, who was 72. Um, and he was a fit, you know, fit guy, healthy, always active and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I always say to people is whether how old you are is largely irrelevant. It's about your ability to be able to do the trip safely and enjoyably. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whether you're 18 or 72, you know, if the 18-year-old is there, just because he's 18 doesn't guarantee he's going to get a space if he's not going to be able to do it safely or anything like that. So, yeah, it's about, you know, just the onus is really on you guys to tell us, like, what condition you're in, whether you think you can do it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll give you all the advice and assistance that we can to make it happen. Uh, but, yeah, age is nothing but a number, you know? Yeah, no, no, I couldn't put it better myself, Dave. I think when it comes to that, yeah, it's, it's we're, we're passionate about helping anyone um and it's certainly you know that we've got an age limit it's it comes down to i mean you know we're, we're so passionate about the the mindset uh, you know if, if you want to do it um you can do it i mean you know appreciate you know you might you know the body's creaking a bit um you, know, you might be a bit slow but you know what? that's better for climatization the slower you go yeah um you know you're gonna get sort of people who are a bit faster than others and that's fine but you know the slower the better so you know we, we we've been trekking with loads of people dave i know you talked about um uh, Dave, who went with you, and we've had other people who are in their seventies, and you know, the, acclimatization, uh, sorry, altitude is a real leveler. Doesn't matter how fit you are, doesn't matter about your age, you all have to climatize at the same uh, pace, um, the same level. Um, you know, so yeah, if you want to get there and it's really it means that much to you, then I challenge you not to get there. You know, because you, you, you kind of, um, you know, who am I to say you can't do it? Who are yeah. we, you know, to say you can't do it? If you want to do it we'd love to help you get there that's that's what we're here for um, so, you know we believe anyone can do it yeah definitely there's um two things we're going to cover off i think so paul meacher said that um okay so with regards to the training weekends i hopefully we got the email and everything out to paul but um essentially it was sent to Evan yesterday yeah we're not able to run our um summer training weekends this year so august and september um, yeah. had to be cancelled both of them we can't do any training weekends in 2020 Largely because um, all the accommodation in the region that's able to accommodate like a group of, say, 12 people, um, they've they contacted us um, Cancel, yeah. and cancelled, you know, because they <laughs> don't have the facility to be able to manage that amount of people in the times of COVID. So it's um, safer and easier for them to not do that until they can make until I think there's some clear indication about what to do. I mean, at the moment, people are unsure even whether they got to wear a mask to Tesco's or not, yeah. at least. Um, so these guys are really concerned about that. So unfortunately, yeah, August and September can no longer go ahead. Um, yeah, we will be redoing them again. Like we said, probably we'll do some winter ones. So maybe sort of January, February, March. We've got the dates in, in February, uh, one in March, and then we've got one in August next year. There will be more, but yeah. we, um, we know, obviously want to try and move you. I know a lot of you already who have the email have already been in touch with us to kind of reschedule. Um, yeah. So yeah, if, if it's dropped into your spam or something, um, have a little look because it gives you the options, Paul. Um, obviously, it go, sounds like you may have missed it. So definitely have a read of that. It explains it a little bit more. But yeah. yeah, we're really um, kind of sad to, to, do, to do that because we love running them. They're amazing. We, yeah. you know, we love getting out and about. Um, but if we can't run them safely and if we haven't got anywhere to stay, the pubs are closed there, it's, it's difficult for us to run the training weekends um, like yeah. we want to. And that's, yeah. you know, we, we don't want to do that. Um, I mean, at the moment, it's largely impossible because – I mean, we don't know if we're going to be allowed indoors, like in the pubs, to eat and things like yeah. that. Um, so in Wales, I know it's a bit different, uh, which is, is is also a bit mad. Um, not saying we agree with that, but it is what it is with Wales, Scotland, England, Northern Ireland. Um, you know, the UK, it is it is quite 
quite different um, in regards to the, um, you know, in terms of the rules, rules and regulations. Unfortunately, it's not all the same. Yeah, I know. Uh, Paul, um, I know Paul was planning on he booked his own cottage. I think, mm. um, as he said that, uh, Lauren. I believe he has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you can still. I mean, <laughs> you can still go trekking in Brecon and enjoy yourself and. Um, Maybe if we're around, we'll meet up and um, at least at least for a chat or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, but it, it's just the weekend like we want to organise, isn't it? Available exactly. Today. Yeah. So you know, we're we're always happy when we go to the mountains for any Evertrekkers to sort of, uh, you know, bump into us and you know have a chat and everything. But yeah, as far as the official training weekend that you've paid for, unfortunately, that's not going to go ahead. Um, but also, yeah, can you settle? And also, I, I think the Evertrekkers might be able to settle an argument here that we were trekking recently with our good friend Max. And they, Max pulled out this apple, and he says to me, "Just ask, by the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah." Do you think Do you think that stream will be okay? And I was like, "For what? To drink?" He's like, "No, not to drink. To wash my apple." And I was like, "Why do you need to wash your apple?" And then it got to a question where, like, do you guys wash your apples before you eat them? Pull <laughs> make the pack and eat them because he was unanimously outvoted. No one washes their apples, especially not in a stream, which I think defeats up. Yeah. Uh, actually, and that was that very stream where five minutes later, I did. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I did Superman impression. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Personally, I don't, I don't wash the wash the apples. I, it's good though because he's mentioned because it does involve water. So yeah, well done, Max, for bringing that out. Um, but yeah, great stuff. It's a good other good questions. Chris, Tom, Dave, have you heard of Alberg Nordcap? Yeah, I've never heard. I think it's an outdoor company. Right, I got a fleece. Okay. I'm sure um from those guys um i think they i think sports pursuit might sell some stuff like that you know okay um so yeah not bad at all not bad at all the thing is as well with regards to equipment whether i've heard of it or not um i'm not like so much of a equipment snob i tend to buy what i know so a lot of the stuff that i buy are brands that people have heard yeah. but i'm by i'm by no means an equipment snob you know so if someone comes up to me and uh, taps me on the shoulder and says that Aldi has got these amazing base layers, um, they're brilliant, then I'll go and buy some. And if they're brilliant, I'll buy 20. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> very good, very good. Look, it's um, it's all good. Uh, I, I just answer in, uh, who is it, Brian's? Do you need anything for a dicky stomach yet? No, no, no. It's actually, it's quite nice, you know. Um, that water, you know yeah, I've got no other water here. I'm getting a bit thirsty. But luckily, water filters. What wow. can you do it? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> happy days. I know it's, like, uh, it's not that I don't trust them, man. <laughs> it's just that like that water was so fasty. So I know. Fasty. Well, like, this is the benefit of having a, a water filter. Um, I know the ones in um, Nepal and Soyuz are great anyway, but it's nice to test these out. Um, yeah, you know, that was actually the first time I've used one of these um, outside of <laughs> testing at the Adventure Travel Show. So <laughs> I just noticed Karen Bardet thought that Max was talking about his gentleman's apples. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> his man apples. <laughs> and, uh, if that's the case, uh, we encourage everybody to wash their apples yeah, and thoroughly. Um, if we're talking about um, apples that grow on trees, like a pink lady or a granny smith, uh, personally, I never wash them. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah, Lower the tone, just or is it Karen that lowered the tone? I think it might be. Karen. <laughs> well, you know, we, we all like to have a bit of fun, a bit of a laugh, don't we? Um, especially part of the community, there's always a good bunch of laughs going on. But any apple, Max, give yours a wash. Uh, <laughs> it's typical we got finished like this, right? Anyway, right, we've been on about an hour now, it's been great. Um, a lot about water, a lot about apples, um, a lot about filters, but anyway, uh, we will be following up with everyone about these. So sorry, we, we just wanted to introduce them today. Um, and we kind of thought before the live, we should have thought a little bit more about, right, okay, how do people buy these? But we'll be in touch about how exactly to do that. And we'll get them out. But look, it's been great, Dave. Awesome as always. Um, any questions we haven't answered, guys, because it's the first time, actually, we haven't been able to see your comments on our screens. Normally we can. So we've been trusting Lauren with the old WhatsApp here, just yeah. dropping them in. But we'll, we'll try and get back and answer them. As always, though, Drop us a little email to info at evertrek.co.uk or post a little um, sort of message or comment in the High Altitude Evertrekkers group. You know, there's a lot of people in there who have been on trips with us, a lot of people who are vastly experienced, um, you know, and know a lot just as much as us, um, you know, and we'll sort of answer your questions. There's always a good community, lots of positivity there. Um, you know, regarding the upcoming season, yeah, anyone that's obviously still on, you know, we'll, we're, we're super positive. We're, we're still trying to have that positive energy, but 
we'll let you know any 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 updates any news guys you know we we're obviously on your side and we want to make this happen but yeah. we have to obviously put safety in there as well it's paramount with us um as much as we like getting out there, we, we have to uh, we have to think about that as a, and, a uh, just quickly and because um, I'm being okay. checked by Lauren again. Um, oh. I'm just thankful I haven't got an earpiece in. Um, but we missed one of Karen's questions about bed bugs in the um, in the tea houses. Okay. I've, never, I've never found any. I've never been bitten. I've never woken up itchy or anything like that. Um, so the sleeping bags that are provided are provided from Kathmandu. Um, yeah. And. When you go into these lodges, there's like a little bed with a blanket and stuff like that. I've never seen any bed bugs or anything like that on them at all. No, nor have I. Nor have I. So, you know, hygiene perspective, you can get a um, – sorry, Dave, I jump in there. But you can get um, like a liner. That, uh, yeah. you know, just to, it's nice and easy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Lauren also says, in the future. <laughs> uh, maybe she's talking about those bottles, Dave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, from, from Lauren to you guys um, – in the in the future <laughs> Great stuff. Well, like, uh, awesome as always um yeah we'll see you all next week see you guys see you guys Bye. all the best awesome so i hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the mountain malarkey podcast um yeah that was something a little bit different wasn't it from the tuesday tune in but i hope yeah. you enjoyed it i must say you were brilliant on that episode and <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>